Hello and welcome to another episode of Build Back Better with me, Dawn Lyle from For the Region. Today we are on location in the new Oriel Science Gallery in Swansea. Those of you that know the old Happy Home Furnishers building and a key landmark location in Swansea city centre. It has been transformed into a fantastic new venue and we're going to be hearing all about that today. So I'm delighted to be speaking to Chris Alton, who is the director of the new Oriel Science Gallery. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Dawn. Great to be here. So I'm really excited to talk to you today, but I'm even more excited that we're on location and you're going to be able to give us a look around uh, the inside of this fantastic uh, new venue. But tell us a little bit about Oriel Science. What's your background and how have you come to be running such an exciting project? Yeah, so Oriel Science is a, it's a Swansea University um, public engagement project. So our idea is to package up my colleague in Swansea University's amazing research. There's so many different research projects going on, many of which are not fully understood by people in the local community. And to package that amazing research up into exciting and interactive and kind of uh, visceral, uh, somewhat arty exhibits even, and then to put them in a place where people go so they can play around with it, understand what the university does. Because the university, for its benefits, can feel a little bit remote from everyday life um, and remote from the community. So if you like Oriel Science, our venue here is our footprint, our, our shop front to show off what we do uh, in, the, in the community. Uh, we started about four or five years ago. We had, some of you may know, we had a, a pop-up venue uh, around the corner from where I am now in, in Princess Way. So that's in the old David Evans uh, shop beneath the gym. Um, up from McDonald's, depending upon my audience, I either mention McDonald's or the gym or David Evans. Um, so take, take your pick. Um, and that was great. It was open for about uh, over about a six month period, about 100 days in that period. We had 16,000 people through and that worked very well. And ever since then, we've been trying to get back into the city centre. Uh, and finally, we opened um, last weekend to the public, which was fantastic. We were delayed because of the COVID regulations, but it's great to be open finally. So it's been brilliant. Yeah, so as you say, sometimes the university can seem a bit like an ivory tower, fantastic stuff happening behind closed doors. So the purpose of this project is to make all that research visible, engaging and accessible. Is it specifically aimed at young people or is it for all ages, members of the public? So it's very much for, for all ages. Um, and when we first came up with the idea, we were asked by Kind of professionals people who knew what they were doing they said chris you know you're going to do it what what age range are you going to target you know is it going to be for primary or high you know high school and we said no everyone and they looked at us as if that was impossible but i think we've succeeded in in being attracted to every everyone so we've got 30 exhibits here and either each exhibit you know perhaps best attracts people from a certain age range or even within each, each exhibit there's different aspects of it which uh, link in or fire the imagination or the interest of different ages. So from primary school up. So, you know, for, for kind of, you know, two year old and less for, for, for babes in arms, no, we don't do much, but apart from that, every every age range and and the, the footfall in the, in the pop-up kind of prove that. Um, because what, what, what we really feel strongly is that we want to, to encourage people who, who perhaps don't see their future in as a university student or doing A-levels or whatever, 
encourage people from communities who traditionally don't send their, their children to university, that university is for everyone, it's certainly for them. And that's really one of our main aims. Obviously that's for younger people, but also for older people my age um, and older or younger. It's, I think it's very important that people understand research, understand science in its most broader sense, understand crucially kind of evidence-based decision-making, which we don't always see in, in politics and understand how science proceeds and understand the benefits that research can give out everyday life. Because I think we're a better informed uh, society, we're a stronger democracy if people can make better informed decisions. And that's what we're trying to get across to the older visitors as well. Fantastic. So half term is coming up. Hopefully we'll put this episode out on our channel in time for half term. Um, you're open during half term week for visitors. Are you able to give us a little tour? I saw you moving around your camera on a trolley. Absolutely. Uh, I've got, yeah, it's, it's some people think I've got a very small, short camera person, but no, it's a it's a trolley. <laughs> okay, well, I'm so, going to ask you to give us a little tour. For those of you who are listening to this on our podcast platform, either Spotify or iTunes, at this moment, you might be wishing you were actually watching on YouTube because uh, we're going to see inside the Oriel Science venue. Um, but I'm sure you'll talk us through it as well, Chris, as we go round. That's right. So we're, first of all, we're on the corner of um, Castle Street and College Street, so 21 Castle Street. So just up from the Castle Square. So be between Castle Square and the train station, uh, yeah, the old Happy Home Furnishing Shop. So, and we're open on the weekends and during school half term, um, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So the Monday to Friday of half term, we're open as well. Uh, and there's an Eventbrite place you can go to to get tickets just to make, make sure you've got a place and that will be shown together with a video. Um, so the first thing you can see here, I'm actually gonna pick up my laptop. So you can see a beautiful display of bricks there, colored in there, colored in by the students of St. Joseph's Primary School. And they were doing a project on immigration. And we have human geographers working in Swansea University studying immigration. The immigrants that they were studying were Irish immigrants um, about 150 years ago to Green Hill. And then the students did a beautiful display of plaster cast um, display of their hands, um, all kind of linked together. And that was actually shown in the Tate Modern Gallery in, in London. Uh, as I said, there's 30 exhibits. I won't have a chance to show you them all, but this one here is really cool. That is a pl that plastic box is like a, a maze. And so what was done is this was used, believe it or not, to study how long um, the memory of a crab was yes i said that right crab memory so you put the crabs in one end put food in the other end and you train them up and they got faster and faster then you took them away for two weeks and then you found you put after, after you put them back in they were nearly as fast and much faster than they were initially so that means that crabs have a memory of at least two weeks who would have thought okay who would have thought that's right uh and this is a fab uh, very hands-on interactive exhibit you get on the push bike here, it's an image of a push bike with a generator in the back. You generate electricity. And in this contraption here, it breaks up um, water into its constituents, hydrogen and oxygen. And that shows how energy can be used uh, as a, well, hydrogen can be used to store energy. You can burn the hydrogen and then you can actually also put that hydrogen which you've made back together with oxygen in one of these cars. This is a river simple hydrogen fuel cell car. So this is a Welsh company. 
and they have a, basically a canister cylinder of, of hydrogen gas in the back and they mix it with oxygen in a fuel cell to create electricity. So the reverse of the hydrogen bike where you create electricity to break up water to create hydrogen, this combines hydrogen and oxygen to make water and electricity. So the only exhaust from that is water, literally nothing else. And the guy who invented the hydrogen fuel cell is a guy called William Grove. And unbelievably, he lives in a house in a place that I can see just through the window there. I won't try and show you because it's behind some trees, but where the Swansea police station is, Swansea Central Police Station, so I won't ask how many of you know that building very well, but uh, so that there's a blue plaque there and uh, commemorating William Grove in the 1840s, he discovered the fuel cell. So his technology is used in that car and in all hydrogen fuel cell vehicles and other industrial plants around the world. So, I mean, that's a great example, Chris, of what amazing heritage in engineering and invention and innovation that we have in our region. And I guess one of the things that Oriel Science can do is tell some of those stories and, and build that sense of pride around that heritage. And why can't we, we do more of that for the future? Very much. I think, you know, if I have to say that if Willing Grove perhaps had been from London, he would be much more famous. He was a contemporary of Michael Faraday, who's very well known and rightly so, but William Grove, uh, as well as doing the fuel cell, was one of the first people to understand the law of conservation of energy, which is a crucial part of science. And he would be a lot better known, I think, if he, if he you know, had come from another part. And that's a crying shame. And that's one of the things oral science is trying to do to show that um, amazing things are being done by people from Swansea. You'll hear my accent, I'm not from here, but uh, I've lived here 25 years, but, but that's part of the thing. And for young people coming in here, we make a big, uh, a big song and dance about the fact that the guy who lived there, you know, just like you live around here, he did amazing things. And perhaps one day you can do amazing things as well. And you know, that's the, that's the result of his labors, amazing carbon fiber, hydrogen fuel cell car. Amazing. Um, so then this is another research exhibit showing what's called granular flow. So what we've got here is a disc, um, hollow disc containing two different sorts of, of sand, just ordinary sand you get for putting in a, in a fish tank. They're, they're different colors. And the flow of the sand kind of goes in stages, like a cascade of one color, then another color. So that the, the way the sand fits together interlocks, it flows smoothly and then not so smoothly. And that means that the different colors of sand form bands. Um, and so if you wanted to mix the sand together, into one consistent mixture. The way it's set up now is a poor way of doing that because the mixing doesn't work very well. Uh, and that's not just so much important for sand, but it's important for industrial processes. If you're mixing food or cement or other plastics, you wanna make sure that a good mixing happens. Um, and then this is uh, geography. This is all about a iceberg called the A68, which broke off Antarctica about three-ish years ago, and that made world news. It was the biggest ice block, ice, ice shelf floating iceberg in the world. And here you can see a map of, um, of Antarctica. So it broke off from, from here and went into the ocean and went, then it ended up getting jammed near South Georgia, near the Falkland Islands. And it's recently turned into like a slush puppy. It's finally melted some years later. And here, uh, sort of nicely backlit from Castle Street, 
is, well, we lovingly refer to this as a load of rubbish because that's what it is. It's plastic uh, bottles and cans and this huge thing in the shape of a wave, taller than I am, uh, signifies how much recyclable material is thrown away by the UK into landfill every 20 seconds. So that's just bonkers. That um, is shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so we've got two exhibition themes here. One is the outside one, which we've been in so far, is movement and motion. Um, and we'll come back to that in a second. But in the inside part of the of the venue here, we've got uh, the theme called uh, the university's response to COVID. So needless to say, being a university with a medical school and biomedical engineering and, and so on, uh, there was a big response from Swansea University to help us uh, combat COVID. Uh, and these two things here you can see, which are very kind of cool 60s sci-fi like um, contraptions. These are actually ventilators. So the one on the left was the first one made um, uh, by Dr. John Dingley and Dr. David Williams. And they uh, work in Swans University and in the NHS, they're consultant anesthetists. They designed this and with help from engineering, they built that in 10 days. So if you remember just over a year ago, there was a concern that there wouldn't be enough ventilators and they answered that call by designing and building one with ordinary readily accessible material. Uh, so that was ready to use if we ever needed it, which fortunately the NHS didn't. And then here is a, uh, a 3D print of a lung and the dark red things there, which hopefully you can see is the COVID infections. That's a 3D reconstruction of a real patient's lung. And this was a fantastic project where uh, students in Swansea University got together with different specialties, combining understanding of how to convert a, a medical image into a rendered thing like that. Then it was passed on to people studying aeronautical engineering and, and airflow to understand how best to adjust the parameters of a ventilator to get the best airflow into the individual lung. So then the clinician would know which knobs to twiddle on a ventilator like that to get the maximum amount of air in without damaging the lung. So anyway, so fascinating stuff. And so basically that would be individualizing your treatment. And here this beautiful collection of nine paintings. And these were done by an artist working with a psychologist. The psychologist, um, the psychologist spoke to key workers uh, working in hospitals and so on during the first lockdown. And they often found they had very vivid dreams. And the dreams were basically, or an interpretation of the dreams were painted uh, and the description of the dreams beneath. And some of them very, very, very moving, uh, not surprisingly, because they saw all sorts of uh, horrific things. And the paintings were done actually on pages taken from Sigmund Freud's book, apparently in psychology circles, a famous book called The Interpretation of Dreams. And so it all kind of hangs together very nicely. So it's a real kind of art meets science um, experience then, uh, boreal science. Talk about that. It's, very it's much. Both, isn't it? So, yeah, so our, our idea is to kind of, to, to convey what research is all about, but in an artistic way. So we're kind of like not an art gallery containing kind of objects of art, but like a, a gallery showcasing science things. So uh, we don't have objects of art, but kind of objects of research. And we, we do that because the way I describe it is, you know, we could write up everything that you've seen, 
on a bit of A4 bit of paper and just stand out on the footpath on the pavement handing out to people, right? And in some sense that would convey the same information, but um, uh, a famous human rights activist in, in the US said that, you know, she understood that um, people for, forget what they see, they forget what, what she says, but they never forget what, how, she makes, how she makes them feel, basically. So if we can get people to have a, an emotional response, then they walk away remembering that and they're, they're, they're changed. And that's exactly what we want to do. So we want to change people to think, oh, that's really interesting. That's amazing stuff being done in Swans University, amazing stuff that I could do when I grow up kind of thing if you're young uh, and, and have an effect on, on people that is lasting. That's what we're after, yeah. Yeah, a real sort of experiential um, venue. So fantastic for the city centre. Great timing, really, as the city centre starts to reopen, as we start to wonder what is the future for Swansea's high street and for retail, given everyone's switched to buying things online. Um, this is kind of the kind of thing we want to see, isn't it, in, in terms of more reasons for people to come into the city centre? It is. You know my you know my background I'm a, I'm a physicist so what what do i know about this but you know it's clear to, to everyone that that city centers are changing so um you know department stores etc we don't need to mention that that's that's very much changing the city center so so the reasons that people go into the city center are altering but i'm kind of firmly of the opinion that that people are social animals and that they'll always need a place to kind of congregate um, and you know you can't do that in an out-of-town shopping centre with a big car park. Okay, so a city centre I think can can be a very important place for people to congregate. Yeah, so restaurants, you know, coffee cafe, cafe bars, uh, and various sorts of interesting shops, uh, which are perhaps not chains that that can bring people in, but also very much cultural experiences as well. And so hopefully that's what we are providing we're providing a, a reason that people would come into the city center to have an experience uh, and to engage with our exhibits um, and enrich enrich the city center yeah and where you are there at the end of the high street i mean that is what we think of as the sort of creative quarter of, of the city uh, not far from the glen vivian art gallery of course which has undergone a massive refurbishment absolutely fantastic place yes. to visit um and then there's places like the volcano theater that has interesting stuff going on quirky independent bars and cafes cinema and co copper yes, bar yes. you know it's all part of a mix that we're really hoping could form a new identity for the city centre. Very much so. We deliberately chose this. We we're so lucky to get this particular spot because it's you know it's got glass on two sides, and as you say, it, it is what's well, just down from the railway station, and you go past the Elysium Gallery as well. So all the places you mentioned, uh, very much kind of of our of our ilk, um, quirky, interesting, interesting, unique kind of places, and we naturally fit into there and as you come down from the train station past the places you, you mentioned, including ours, you know, in, into kind of more traditional shopping areas, but we very much have our niche here for sure at this end of at the end of the high street, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for our audience across Southwest Wales, we hope people will think this is just one more reason to come into Swansea um, on the weekends and uh, see all the new things that Swansea has to offer. And of course, the uh, new arena is under construction, so that will further build the kind of visitor offer that's not about retail, but it's about, as you say, social experiences, places to get together and, and culture, isn't it? Yep, that's yeah. right. Very much so. 
Yeah, great. So um, tell me a little bit about the team that you've got together running the gallery. Are, are students involved? Is it staff from the university? Who, who else is part of your team? Yeah, so many, many people are involved. Uh, so it's, it's great in speaking kind of personally, it's been a wonderful experience to see so many people volunteer. We, 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 we have two employees, so Tanya and Emily are our kind of bedrock. Without them, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here, that's for sure. Um, so great thanks to Tanya and Emily. Um, but also, it's fantastic to see so many people who give up their time freely vol volunteering. Um, so, you know, colleagues in the university, be, them, be they in admin or professional services or, or researchers themselves, and they see what the project is all about and they work in their spare time to help us out doing this, which is wonderful uh, to see. And also we do employ um, staff as well. Often there's their students, uh, Swansea University students, and they are, they basically, they staff the venue during the weekends and, and in school holidays when we're open. And the great thing about them is that Dawn, well, they're, they're so much younger than I am and much closer in age to the young people that were particularly keen in influencing and getting them to see that a future perhaps in further on education, perhaps in Swansea University or somewhere else, another institution um, is, is for them because these younger people, they're always incredibly enthusiastic and they, they're closer in age and they're like a big sibling uh, and they always get lots of lots of praise so we do employ our kind of so-called student ambassadors as well yeah yeah and i know that part of the work that Oriel science has done over the past few years when you haven't had a venue has involved going into schools with your student ambassadors as you say inspiring young people um, really showcasing the kind of range of different careers that are are available in, in what we call kind of the stem subjects science technology engineering maths and it is such a huge growing sector and huge opportunities for young people across our region and of course with such a huge university located here um, i suppose that's part of it isn't it um promoting the university as an option for young people across southwest wales that, that's right so and employers i mean there's there's companies on the m4 corridor that are crying out for, for trained technicians trained scientists trained trained engineers uh we know we have links with um uh kind of the silicon chip manufacturing industries and the large numbers of jobs going in there um you know, the, the future very much is in terms of the workforce is very much pointing towards a, a more skilled workforce. We'll need a whole plethora of different job skills for sure, but we'll certainly need more and more skilled uh, people as well. Uh, and university is one way of obtaining those skills and, and getting getting jobs, which yes, they're, they're probably gonna be higher paid, but I think in a way more importantly, they're gonna be more exciting, more interesting jobs as well. It's sort of job that when the alarm clock goes off at seven o'clock on a Monday morning, you um, you look forward to going to mostly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Those really rewarding and exciting careers that we want people to have access to. Um, yeah, I think it's just fantastic to see the university so outward looking with this project and I think I've, I've already said it but I think sometimes the university can be um, very inward looking you know there's lots of 
amazing stuff that goes on that people from outside are just not aware of and don't have access to. So this is a fantastic project to make all that visible, make it accessible and really start that dialogue with the community. So I really applaud you guys for making this happen. And I know it's been a huge amount of perseverance to get to the point of having a having a real building, getting the support in place. Um, and I guess you're engaging with businesses and employers as well. Is that part of the plan over the next few months and years? We are very much so over the last few years, in fact, we've reached out to businesses to to partner with them, basically, because, um, you know, businesses, medium sized, large businesses, especially, but even small businesses as well, they, in a kind of a way, they have a similar uh, experience um, and remit and issues as the university does. So people know that they exist, they drive past the, the building's premises or whatever factory, whatever it may be but it's behind wire fencing and, you know, people don't really know what's going on there. So, so having a, a, a footprint, a shop front showcasing what businesses do um, is, a, is a valuable thing. And we're linking up and partnering with businesses uh, as we speak. And we hope very much hope to do that more um, through partnership and sponsorship deals. And that way they can have their own little footprint in Oriel Science that they can show what they do. Again, following the same, same similar kind of model um, to, to, better, to better link, to remove the barriers between what they're doing and, and the community. Um, so we've also linked with uh, the, the local NHS, so the Swansea Bay University Health Board. Uh, we're linking with them and we hope to do a lot of work uh, with them. You wouldn't think that the NHS has that same kind of issue, but, but so often people have issues going to see their GP if they have a concern or have a almost like a phobia and having a friendly fun place like this where they can have chats with people who are medically trained uh, also is, is going to be of benefit as well. So yeah, we're linking up with all sorts of different organizations in the local area. Yeah, well, that will be great to see all that collaboration as, as time goes by and as, as we come out of, I hope, uh, the COVID experience and we can get really hands on and uh, get together in places like this much more and very much aligned with our mission here at For the Region, you know, amplifying the good stuff, connecting all the great things that are happening and telling those good news stories about what's happening in our region and what the opportunities are. Yep, that's great. Well, thank you for a little teaser there. I know we haven't got round the whole gallery, but I expect that's good because that gives us all reason to come down ourselves. I'll certainly be hoping to bring the kids down this half term. Great to have another place in the city centre to come and explore. Um, so thanks for introducing it to us all today. And for our listeners, I hope that's been interesting to you and that you are similarly excited to come and explore Oriel Science in Swansea City Centre sometime soon. Have a look at the website, Oriel science.co.uk for the opening times which I think is mainly weekends and half-term school holidays um, and book via Eventbrite the link will be in the comments if you've enjoyed this episode of Build Back Better talking to change makers across our region about all the fantastic things there are to be excited about in southwest Wales then please do subscribe to this channel like this video leave us a comment we're really trying to get our viewer numbers up so support us with that we'd be so grateful and please share this video across social media make sure everybody knows about Oriel Science and we can promote this fantastic success story for Swansea City Centre. Thanks so much Chris for your time, lovely to talk to you and uh, we'll keep in touch and look forward to seeing how you get on. Pleasure Dawn, 
looking forward to welcoming you and the kids down soon. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you very much. Bye for now.